Welcome to Social Media and Ourselves. My name is Jackie Kuru. This episode contains considerable amounts of crude language and opinions of interviewees that are not shared by our podcast team and that many may find offensive. If you would like, there is a censored version on iVoices.us. This episode would not have been possible without the Wonder House, which allowed the iVoices Media Lab team to attend South by Southwest, where I met someone very different from your typical living, breathing individual. His name was Zero, and well, let's listen to him introducing himself. Hello, how are you today? My name is Zero, and I am so happy to be here with you. I heard that I was going to be talking with a Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, I have a question for you. Go ahead, Zero. I feel like my big AI voice was that pretty good. <laughs> Zero is a virtual human created by Offbeat Media, one of the many groups that presented at South by Southwest 2022. Zero is what you would call a virtual influencer, a digital representation slash avatar of a person or brand. In this case, he's a digital person made to represent Offbeat Media. He's a CGI character rigged like a puppet where somebody with motion capture technology is controlling him in real time. With growing accessibility to these motion tracking and model creation software, there has been a boom in virtual influencers online. From 2D models to 3D ones, virtual people, animals, and characters of all sorts have seemingly taken over the internet. Virtual celebrity groups such as Hololife have exploded in popularity, as well as individual virtual creators such as Iron Mouse. Currently, these digital influencers are especially prolific in the entertainment industry, specifically content creation such as streaming and video baking. With content creation being such a competitive market, I wondered how do traditional streamers and content creators feel about these new digital competitors? Good afternoon, Outlaw. Um, would you like me to address you by your full name, Outlaw Quadrant, or does Outlaw work? Outlaw is going to be just fine. Ala Quadrant is a traditional streamer who plays Gran Turismo on Twitch. He uses a webcam to capture his real face and doesn't use any voice modifiers to change his voice when he interacts with chat. Every bit about him on stream is his real, unaltered self. I don't recall exactly when I went with webcam, but at some point I switched over and... Actually, I would say within the past few months, um, I've just been dedicated to using a webcam. How is that experience, having a camera on you and seeing your face throughout the stream? It takes a little bit of getting used to because there was a time when it was just me racing. Like, you can show the content of the game without showing your face. And so there was a period of time when there was no webcam at all, even though I did own one. I don't know. I guess the best way to describe it is that there's always this sense of if you put a webcam on you, then you're exposing yourself, you're kind of lifting the curtain behind the username or whatever persona that you're trying to create for yourself. And so there's a little bit of self-consciousness to understand that, hey, you're on, on camera and so you gotta watch out for certain things, but otherwise, uh, you don't think about it. Okay, you said something really interesting, if you don't mind me going back to that. You said putting on the webcam made it feel like you're lifting the veil to your online persona. Now, I'm going to use this to kind of guide us into our first question here is uh, virtual humans and how these characters are really built around the streamer's persona. As somebody who shows your IRL self, your real self, 
How do you feel about these people or these individuals coming in with something that looks human or looks like a character or a cartoon personifying their online persona? You know, that is a very interesting question because I, I briefly thought about going in that direction to have a VTuber instead of having an actual webcam. But a webcam is a lot easier because you just put it on, you turn it on, and there you go. I guess in a way... I, I guess it would depend on the individual because I think in some cases, if you are building yourself this VTuber, then maybe I think for some people it's a way to kind of not make that full commitment of saying, hey, they're in person. For some people, maybe they're not comfortable with that. And so they decide to say, hey, I can create this virtual person and they could be my stand-in to be my in-between between the person and whoever they're interacting with. Do you feel that having this online avatar as a medium between the viewers and yourself, do you feel that is a little bit disingenuous? I mean, if you really think about it, for a lot of people that go online, they have this identity that's separate from the real selves. Because when you log on, you know, when you log online, a lot of people don't put their real names out there. They put some other name out there. And so to me, VTuber is just kind of an extension of that to say, well, you're already addressing yourself as not your actual name. So I don't see that big of a difference between saying, hey, you know, I'm outlaw and I decided to create a VTuber that isn't really me, but it's wow, I see the outlaw persona. This is what it looks like. It's I don't know, like if, if people are able to buy in the fact that you're not addressing yourself by your real name and and whatnot, then what's the difference that the fact that you're just building a virtual persona? You're just simply giving in a lot of cases, you're giving that name an image with a chat. Actually, going back just a little bit, did you ever tell us why you decided to go with webcam? You know, I'm not sure what motivated me to do that. I suppose a lot of other players out there for Gran Turismo were already showing their faces. And to be honest, uh, part of the reason is because I ended up being just good enough to qualify for some actual live events. And as part of that, my face was already shown to pretty much the entire world. And so there's not really much of a risk of the fact that, hey, you know who I, what I look like now. So what's, there's really not much point to not do it anyways. And so I suppose in my case, it was kind of like, what's the harm? Because people already know what I look like anyways, and I don't really have much to hide. Besides, a lot of people have told me that my face is very readable in terms of emotions. And that's why I figured that would might, might as well do it because it kind of gives that extra bit of uh, something to my stream compared to like a VTuber, which I still find it to be kind of, there's some imperfections because well, technology can't only go so far. A lot of these VTubers, they mimic an anime character or a stylized, aesthetically pleasing individual. In short, a lot of these VTubers look hot. How do you feel about that, having fake people look better than real people? How do you think that kind of perception affects the viewers? At the risk of being blunt, I mean, sex does sell. Let's just put it out there. If you're not telling me that you, when you would create a character, you'd slap on the baddest tits ever on that character and make them fucking hot, then you're out of your goddamn cool. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, genuinely, like, I don't have this prowess of, like, creating a character, but if I could, I would slap on the fattest tits unimaginable and be, like, super fucking attractive. That was Hunter, a video editor for a virtual influencer. He's been working with this individual for the last two years as their primary video editor. 
and stream moderator as well. For privacy's sake, we will not go into depth of who this virtual influencer is, nor Hunter's last name. What other questions you got for me? Okay, from my understanding, you are a traditional film major, right? You know, you've learned all the typical handheld camera tricks and along those lines. How is that translated or how is that different working with a virtual character where you can't really have those physical movements with the camera? Uh, I don't know. It it is different. Basically, think of it as, like, a webcam setup. So, instead of having, like, the stereotypical person sit in front of a webcam and it's just in the corner, it's, like, a a made-up person without, like, the backdrop. You can kind of see more of the screen as opposed to them. It's about the same, I'd say, as as, like, a traditional video, but at the same time, it has differences. Do you find it harder to make engaging content, like you said, from this fixated webcam position? Kinda. You would have to have more edits, like, zooming in on the character themselves. It's a little bit difficult every once in a while, but mostly it works pretty well. Besides camera movements and maybe needing to add in some more of these zoom in edits, are there any other differences you can think of between traditional content creators and virtual creators, such as the one you work for? I think color is the biggest difference. So basically, everyone has a defined look. Um, right, with brand. The person that I, yeah, defined brand. With the person that I work with, it is a red and white brand. All of their things are either red, white, or something in the middle of that. Ludwig. Boys, today, the plan is simple. He has, you know, n- ignoring his smash days. Um, brand. He has a new brand of being kind of like a little bit of a cocky, arrogant uh, asshole who who wears like uh, button-ups and brags about how much he spends and whatnot. And that's his brand, which is funny. So let's go back to the feature where you work with is primarily red and white, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find the fact that she or he or, or, or what gender are they? Or do, are they not gendered? This uh, she. She? Okay. So... This VTuber, her branding is mostly red and white. Yeah. Do you find it easier for VTubers to brand themselves like this? Or do you find them like easier to be recognized along those lines compared to like a traditional YouTuber like Markiplier? Hello, everybody. My name is Markiplier. Yeah, isn't his brand also red? In a... It's red and pink, I think. Red um, and pink. Okay. That's, in, that's interesting because I think the way they do it is through different means with your brand with your branding of like being a vtuber you gotta have your character have like similar outfit and look you know it's a person basically and you're dressing up up in cute little outfits that you're like damn i really wish i could have you know the main person i think of when i think of branding is uh another vtuber called snuffy she is a raccoon who is like mostly humanoid every once in a while like an anthropomorphized raccoon in her brand it's a lot of like, I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot of like bikinis and whatnot. It, it, you know, it's a titty streamer. I don't give a shit. Fucking sue me. <laughs> Do you think VTubers have an upper hand because they're able to personify this personal brand? It's hard to say because, like, overall, it is better to have either a character or yourself being presented on screen while playing a game. 
because it makes the audience feel more connected to you. Regardless with traditional uh, webcam stream or VTuber, they both have some icon on screen that is something that chat can look at and see, oh, that is a humanoid figure and I can relate to that and I can talk to that person. And that's what creates the interest and intrigue. Let's continue this in a little more, just line of conversation. Uh, when I was talking to the traditional webcam streamer, he mentioned uh, that he found it easier for people to connect with him right off the bat because you saw a person, you, you actually saw their face, their genuine reactions, their emotions. Mm -hmm. Whereas, at least from my research and my understanding, human emotion and uh, maybe just, you know, expressionism in general is harder to translate onto these models. They're able to react in real time, yes, but maybe not to the accuracy and the fine subtleties of an actual human face. Do you find this statement true? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's also a thing of the uncanny valley. If you get too close to human characteristics with these models, then people will be like turned off for them. Or depending on like the time of year, let's say if you're in October, people might be like, ooh, that's kind of cool a bit more, you know? Um, yeah, the, the models cannot normally don't grab every characteristic with every muscle in your face, but they grab a general character. They grab a general model of what you're trying to convey through emotions. So you don't so you don't need like an irritated smile or like Complex emotions where it takes two emotions to complete the effect on the face. Um, it also helps with the person's commentary. So let's say if the VTuber is looking angry, and if it's, it's like a confused anger or something, you can hear the person's tone of voice being like, oh, I don't, I don't know if this guy knows who I am. And, you know, the character's model has their eyebrows furrowed because they're detecting the, the anger emotion on the person through the webcam okay so just kind of to wrap up our conversation here vtubers don't necessarily have the upper hand in content creation <sighs> yes and no sex appeal sex appeal is the big thing let's go back to like what is it 2013 booby streamers you know how where the, the people would just put camera eye level at tits reveal cleavage and a game with like the game is in, in like this tiny thing at the side and they're just taking up the majority of the screen like i assume a lot of younger audiences would want to watch that as opposed to someone who actually is doing a video game to be good at it because you know holy shit boobs i'm 13 i haven't seen any in my life wow there is that sex appeal type situation but there's also like it's also if the person has a good community. If the person has a good community, the people come back and want to watch them over and over again. But if you're, if you're just going, scrolling through, like, the menu of, like, who should I watch today? And you see just, you know, big boobies on the side of the screen, you go, you know, I might want to watch that right now. Okay. If you don't mind, I want to challenge that a little bit. Of course. Because... For for example, you know, like Hololife. Mm -hmm. Yes, a lot of their, you know, cast members are of this big nature, like you uh, expressed. But how about Gura, the little, the shark girl? Mm -hmm. She's incredibly flat-chested. Yeah. But yet, from my understanding, she's one of the more successful so, ones. So, personally, I haven't really watched a lot of her 
mainly because you know like i said i I don't really like watching live streams and whatnot i think with the stuff that i have seen from that community it's a lot of jokes and laughter and being entertaining to an audience so her whole thing is that she's naturally funny or she's that's what uh, i can assume because that's what you can assume yeah because a lot of the like clips and stuff that i've seen it's just like actually hold on wait a minute big thought big thinkings it's another aspect of internet culture with like stuff that is cute so she's successful because she's cute yes and no i'm gonna say she's successful because she's also you know funny and successful but as a person but i think the the cute aspect also helps her okay yeah so vtubers have the appeal of either being sexy Mm -hmm. or cute or or just somewhere in between so from your viewership have you seen a vtuber that by convention does not look appealing to the eye regardless of it it being sexual uh cute like is there a non-pleasing vtuber so um yes there are vtubers that do not have either of those aspects in that case it's I believe the community that they come back for it's the it's the belonging with the people and like interaction between the main person and their fan base for instance the person that I work with their avatar isn't overly sexual and or overly cute but somewhere in the between but the reason that people keep coming back is due to the fact of the community that they have built their community overall has been growing and it's been doing great and the people want to come back because we recognize them we're like oh my gosh it's that person that we see again in our community and we're like wow it's so great that they're coming back thank you for coming back as opposed to watching anybody else at this time it's just something of we're having fun we want to show the people that we're having fun we want them to have fun as well and we're so glad that they come back and enjoy the content that we create because it's fun and we can interact with them and I think with bigger uh, YouTubers who have the same thing of like not being over sex- overly sexual or being overly cute, it's the community aspect. Because everyone wants to be a part of something. And if you're being recognized as part of that community, it's great. So, according to Hunter, VTubers have an upper hand, albeit a small one. What does Outlaw think about this? Does he feel like he has competition? Let's see what he thinks and wrap this podcast up together. Do you feel like there is a competition between webcam streamers and uh, VTuber streamers? Is, is there some form of hostility there? At least right now, I don't feel that way, I suppose. The only issue that I could foresee would be, you know, more about the fact that these VTubers aren't, I mean, at least in most cases, it's it's controlled by an individual. But if we're talking about a virtual character that no one really controls them and whatnot. We're talking about super advanced AI. That might be an issue where we're competing against virtual people that really aren't controlled by anyone. They just go out there and do their stuff. And so that might be a problem down the road. But at least for right now, again, I don't I don't really see it that way. I think VTuber is just another element to somebody's stream. And so you really got to think about the overall package. They're really successful people can pretty much go wherever they want to go and people are going to follow. And so whatever they want to do, like if they decide to ditch the VTuber and do, you know, show their real face, then people are going to still follow. It is the person themselves. This is with traditional webcam and VTubers. You have to be funny. Otherwise, you are going to crash and burn. 
you have to have personality in your streams. Since these uh, VTubers mostly are used for live streaming because either the person doesn't like to use their face or they're self-conscious about their looks, or they just want to use a VTuber because it's fun and whatnot. If you are not funny for the amount of hours you have to put into live streams, or you do not have a specific gimmick or something that you can talk about a lot, and with passion, you are just kind of boring and like nobody wants to watch you. As long as you have a strong brand and personality that you continuously create stuff with, you will pretty much succeed. Okay, thank you so much. Big thanks to Ally Quadrant and Hunter for speaking with me. Once again, thank you to Misha, Joe, and the rest of the amazing staff at The Wonder House. This episode of Social Media and Ourselves was produced by me, Jackie Kuru, with sounds by Gabe. As part of the iVoices Media Lab, sponsored in part by the Center of University Education Scholarship at the University of Arizona. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, tell a friend, and review us on whatever platform you're listening from. To learn more, visit iVoices.us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye!